Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you would think that I told them what I was ministering. Because that song is so appropriate. I just don't think as Christians we thank them enough. I don't think we're thankful enough. And then I'm just telling you, it, it, we're in a... You preached it, man of God. It's the best of times. And it's the worst of times. Um, tell of two cities, Charleston. And it's the same way for the church. That while there's this pocket experiencing the glory, there's this other pocket that couldn't care less. That they'd much rather be doing a million other things than giving God thanks. My God. While you're standing, let's go ahead and read our scripture. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. Well, Lord, we thank you for this time where we can come into your house and hear from you. We declare this morning that we are of those, Father God, who love you and who will not draw back unto perdition. God, we're going all the way, all steam ahead in you, Father God. Oh, God, we're not settling for anything that this world would ever try to offer us, oh, God. We've made you our choice. We thank you for this time, God. I ask that as I open my mouth, you speak. Father, you know better than anybody else. I would have much rather preached something else. But because I am your child, and you've made me able as a minister, I'm submitted to you and what you say, say. Father God, that's what I will say. I even received the prophecy that came this morning that everything you've deposited in me, your people need. So God, I declare now that blessed are their ears, for they will hear. And blessed are their eyes, for they will see the wondrous things that are in your word. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. For our gospel, you can read with me. Okay, read with me, all right? Let's read. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to in all, and Achaia who believed. For from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth, 
not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. Amen. Amen. That's the goal, to get to a place in Christ that our faith is speaking for us and nobody needs to say anything. It is quite evident who and what we are, who we serve, and what we believe. You can take your seats. You know, when I take time to look at today's church, I am not convinced that the church knows what's expected of them. It's, it's kind of like this. If you ever work with children, tutor children, um, if you ever gave somebody instructions on how to do something, a lot of times you speak from your level of experience or expertise. And you'll tell them to do something, and they'll go and do it, then they'll come back and say, now what? And what they're letting you know is, I don't know really what I'm doing. That I'm still in the state where I can heed instruction but I don't know what the process is, all right? So when I look at the body of Christ, I see, can you, you turn me down just a little bit? I see um, like a baby with blue lips. You know, uh, the blue lips indicating a lack of oxygen. They, they, they're having a hard time you know, catching their breath, breathing. There's some sort of infection or something that's impeding their ability to intake oxygen. And I said, Lord, that, that's kind of not your church. It's, it's powerful. He said, yeah, my church is powerful. He says, but there are too many who are in the church that don't have a clear understanding of what I'm expecting. So they're walking around choking and hacking and, and passing out and fainting fainting in the way and it's just this simple thing that they need to know what's expected of them. Do you know parenting is so much easier when we express to our children what we expect. See, we like to yell about what we're seeing. But if we spent more time talking about what we actually expect, do you see how behaviors will shift? See, they wouldn't be doing the things that make you angry or things that you don't like or things that aren't right or proper if they know from the start what is expected. I expect you to serve the Lord. I expect you to get up on time ready for church. I expect you to serve. I expect you to go to school and be respectful. I expect you to honor those who have authority. I expect. I expect it. And we don't wait until we're crying, you know, in the principal's office or in the courtroom when they're coming in under our expectations. We've got to express those things. And so I looked at the body of Christ and I'm like, I'm not sure that they know what's expected or they've done the church thing for a while and they've forgotten it. Kind of, you know, HBC, I got this new rule, right? I take the cell phones. 
put the cell phones in the basket until your break time. And what will happen is, if I don't say it, right, they'll just walk away like, oh, she must have forgotten and, and just go on about, you know, their little way. And then I'll come with the basket I need. Because what can happen is, as time passes, you begin to think that things, the expectations have lessened or they've changed. And they haven't. I just didn't say anything. And so what tends to happen, because we're in a prosperity church and we're in this time where people want to hear all of the goodness of God, where even holiness churches are now setting, you know, stepping back on holiness and loosening it up because they're so afraid of being labeled as religious or legalistic that many of us who have been walking in the way have lost sight of the expectations and now we're doing whatever it is we want to do. And I'm trying to submit to you this morning as lovingly as I can that that's not going to cut it. If we've not figured it out, these are really perilous times. Lawlessness is abounding. Men are without natural affection. People are unthankful. They are unholy. They're so we need what I'm going to call a little revival. Because, you know, when I grew up, you had summer revival. You had spring revival. You had back-to-school revival. Whenever somebody felt like it was time, you had a revival. And you didn't go to revival one night. You went to revival all week long. Why? Because they knew that there were some things going on in the body of Christ that we need to deal with. Revival comes to shake us up. Revival comes to excite us. It comes to stir us up. It comes to put our eyes back on the expectations. So I, I, we, I, we, I, we need a little revival. You know, I, I know we, we like to feel good because... Oh, look at our faith church. Oh, my God. We weathered the pandemic, and we only missed one Sunday, but we really didn't miss because, you know, the praise team was here and pastor was here. And, uh, so what? Because I think what we have figured out through this is that we are the only ones concerned about numbers. God, not so much. Remember when David went to census the people? He went to count the people. How did God feel about him counting the people? He got in trouble. You know why? Because God is not moved by numbers. Remember Gideon? Oh, man, going to fight the Midianites. Rounded up an army of 32,000. And God looked at him and his 32,000 and said, Yo, bro, that's nice. Glad you got those people to go with you. But I'm going to show you who's really with you. Well, that's all that's happening right now is God is revealing who is really with him. So the numbers do not matter. If I came in here this morning and there was my husband, my son, my daughter, my daughter, and a couple other people, I was going to keep on preaching. I'm going to preach anyhow. Because the numbers do not matter. Do you know what? People will leave a church this size and go find them a really big church so they can go and blend in the crowd. 
get lost in the crowd. Nobody has to know me. Nobody has to talk to me. Nobody has to bother me. Nobody says anything to me. Nobody corrects me. Nobody. I can just go in and, oh, Jesus. And nobody. But what you going to do now? I said, what you going to do now? See, because you went looking for the numbers, and you found out God he ain't in the numbers. He's not in the numbers. Because whether you're in a, a church of 25,000 or in a church of 10, his expectations do not change. His expectations don't change. So I'm just, I'm just saying I'm not sure people know what's expected. So today I've come to answer a simple question. I'm saved, now what? Because if we think salvation is enough, we are more deceived than we think. Because salvation isn't enough. It has never been enough. He has never just said, get saved and you're done. No, 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 no. So we're going to explore this today, all right? So I'm trying to make it as clear as possible today on what is expected of us who call ourselves Christians. Am I, am I in a Christian church? Yes. Okay. Now, I, I would love to talk about the money. I like talking about money. It's in the lesson. But can I tell you something? We spend too much time talking about what God calls the least. In Luke 16, God called money the least. But you know what? Let somebody say, I got a check for $50 million. The windows will be breaking in here. I just... I But to just say, let's stand up and sing, thank you for loving me and caring for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What you cooking like? You cooked? You cooked? You been cooking it? Thank you. Look at her shoes up. Do you know why that happens? Because there's an apathy that sets in when you've done this for a little while and you forget how good God has been and you forget that he did save your soul and you forget that he made a way and you forget that when you had nothing, he sent somebody to feed you when you didn't know how to pay college tuition. He sent somebody to... We forget. So the things that ought to excite us, they don't mean much. They don't mean much. They don't mean much. It just don't, it just, it just, it don't, ain't no big deal. Power in the name of Jesus. We say power in the name of Jesus. And the church just sit there like, when the word teaches us that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, that at the name of Jesus, everything trembles. Everything. But you go in the modern church and you say Jesus 
oh, she picking on me. Because I don't pick on people in public. I'm a 70s babe. If I want to pick on you, I come to you. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't throw haymakers. I don't, I don't, I don't play dirty. I don't get you where you can't say nothing about oh, she got. No. What I'm saying is, is that as a body, not as an individual, as a body, because we have responsibilities to each other. That we've got to keep each other stirred up. That's why we come to church. Hebrews 10, 25, we come to provoke one another unto love and to good works. We come to stir each other up. We come, according to Hebrews chapter 3, to warn each other and to say, hey, sister, hey, brother, shake yourself. We got to run this. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say, oh, my God, I didn't say thank you. She must be talking about, I'm not talking about you. I would really love to say things that are tweetable. I would love to put God is dope on a t-shirt and make millions of dollars. God don't get me. He just did. He just don't. So I'm okay. And so we're going to get through this is what I'm trying to say. We're going to get through this because it has to be said because the time is drawing nigh. Jesus is coming back at any moment. And Lord, I want us all to be ready, okay? I want us to be ready. I want us to go when he says go. So let's talk about this. When you look at the book of 1 Thessalonians, which as I read the, the book, it quickly moved to the top. It's a powerful book on how to live as a Christian. Now here's what happened. 1 Thessalonians, and now this is probably where most of you will go to sleep. But can I tell you a secret? Stir yourself. Don't let yourself go to sleep. I'm going to, listen, we're talking about Christian living. I don't go to sleep on things that excite me. TV does not excite me at all. And if it's not exciting, I will just, I fall asleep on everything I've ever watched. Oh, well, you like Jason Bourne. It took me 50, 60 episodes to get through the whole movie because... So what you do is, right, because if we were watching Auburn in Alabama, we get some energy, right? Now, you might have had turkey, dressing, stuffing, sweet potato, ham, collard greens, and green beans. But some kind of way, you stayed awake. Why did you stay awake? Because that game was good, and you stirred yourself up. You can watch Iowa versus Iowa State. If you like football, you're not going to sleep. Why? Because you make yourself. So I used to be a sleeper in church. My mom used to hit me, pinch me, send me to get water, all sorts of things. Make you stand up, all sorts of things. And so I learned to stay engaged. Move to the edge of your seat. Get up. Walk and come back. Do whatever it takes to receive. Because when we come into this house, the word of God is being sown and it's looking for ground. And I'm telling you, I'm believing if it finds good ground on today, your marriage is going to change, your children is going to change. Come on, your money is going to change. It will all change. Why? Because this word, as we just read, goes forth with power. 
It's not just Pastor John, Pastor Kim, Apostle Durba, Mom Alberta, stand up, throwing. no, it's the word that is endued with power. And when the word goes forth, it comes with the power to change things, the power to resurrect, the power to deliver, hallelujah, the power to heal. It comes with power. But do you know most people don't know that? They don't know that. Because most people think it's just something that pastor put together. He's trying to drive home a certain point. And so he's put together these series of teachings. And you know, oh, yeah, I know what he's going to say. No, you don't know. Because he doesn't know. I don't know. The Holy Ghost tells us what to say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you look at 1 Thessalonians, that's where I was, it lines up with Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, Paul, Silas, Timothy, they go to Thessalonica to preach. Well, while they're preaching, many people got saved. Jews were saved, children of Israel, many of them believed, and Greeks were saved. But there was a group who got angry. A group of Jews who got angry about the conversion that was taking a place. And so they sought to imprison uh, Paul and Silas and Timothy. They had to run for their lives. But they took hold of a man's household named Jason. They did him dirty, y'all. And why did they do it? Because they were mad about the word going forth. Angry about the word. So when Paul is writing in uh, conjunction with Silas and Timothy, he's writing because y'all watched us go through a lot. And we had to run fast. And I'm concerned, this is Paul standing back, I'm concerned that you weren't able to keep the fire, to, to, to stay the course, to keep the faith because of all the persecution that was taking place. So when you read this, he's writing as a concerned father. I really, really, really want to come back and see you. I really want to come back and minister to you. He even said, I long for you in uh, the second chapter like a nursing mother needs to nurse her child. I need to know that the word stuck. But he couldn't get back. He couldn't get back. So when you read this, he's writing this letter. And he said, guys, when you get this letter, He says, read this letter to all of the holy brethren. I need everybody to hear this. Why? Because I'm going to reiterate those things that I preach to you, those things that you need to know. Well, how many of all y'all know that the church is being persecuted right now? It's easier to say in America... I'm Muslim. No, I'm telling you, I just watch a whole group of senators have to apologize because they spoke against the Muslim girl. She's wild. That girl's wild. But they can bash Christians. They can do whatever they want. They can shut down churches. They can tell us we're fanatics. They can tell us, and and it's fine. It's fine. Nothing is ever said when you get on the Christian. Well, well, why is that? 
because that's part of the persecution. And it's not taking God by surprise, and it shouldn't take us by surprise. But Paul wanted to make sure that the people in Thessalonica were still standing after they witnessed real persecution. Now, when we were in the world, we were not that persecuted, right? You didn't go through anything. The worst you went through is somebody cracked on your outfit. You know, somebody cracked on your hair. You know, when somebody cracked on you because your boyfriend or girlfriend ugly. I mean, it was all superficial. It didn't really matter. But what Paul and Silas and Timothy experienced was a matter of life and death. Now, I don't know about any of you. Anybody going through some life or death persecution? Nobody's being dragged out of their house because they're professing Christ. Okay, then why is the church quitting so easily? Oh, my. You're not essential. Shut your doors and don't open. Yes, so, boss. Yes, so, boss. And anybody come in here, sir? No, as a matter of fact, they're not coming in here. Put your big yellow sign on our door. We'll padlock it, and nobody will go in. The pastor won't even go in. As a matter of fact, I don't want to contaminate anything. I'm going to stream from my house. Why are you streaming from your house when you have a church with 4K cameras? Some of these churches, 8K cameras. Why are you streaming from your house on a cell phone? With bad lighting and no makeup. Why are you doing that? Because they said? Because they said what? What were they going to take from you? Okay, well, here's what makes it even sadder. The Supreme Court comes along and says, leave the church alone. In America, we have a right to assemble, we have religious freedom, right. step away from the church, right. churches open back up. No. Uh-huh. Oh, no, we not gonna, we not gonna be able to do that. You know why? Because we have forgotten, including pastors, have forgotten what is expected of us as Christians. What's expected? The Bible says he expects us to assemble. He didn't suggest that we assemble. He expects it. He expects to meet his people on their holy Sabbath day in his house. I tell my children, okay, yeah, maybe Thanksgiving I might come to your house. Okay. When you marry, you, okay, we come to my house for Thanksgiving. Uh, But Christmas is always at mama's house. Well, they don't have spouses, and you better work it out. Because I expect to open my eyes early in the morning. I expect to have breakfast casserole from mom and fruit salad. And I expect to see you, your husband, and all them children running around. If you got to invite your in-laws, if you got to invite your nieces and nephews, do what you got to do. But that's my expectation. That's just a... And they already know. You got to work it out. They already, they, they already. You got to, uh, you got to work it out. You, you see what I'm saying? We, my kids, we were talking about, what if we eloped? No. 
No. No. That's not an option. Because I'm expecting to walk in and to light a candle and to be beautiful and sit on the front row. I expect it. Do not send me no email about you down in wherever you are. You flew away, annul it, because it can't take, because I wasn't there. I got to bless. There's an expectation. Now, nobody's even dating right now, but the expectation is clear. Well, can I tell you something? Jesus made his expectation, Father God made his expectations clear from day one. Oh, Pastor Kim, you're harping on stuff that don't even, yes. He would meet Adam at the cool of the day, every day in the garden. Every day he would meet with him. So I'm just, you know where I'm going. Let's look at this. So Paul decided, as I'm continuing the story, if anybody's ever talked to me, I, I tell several stories at the same time. Just stay with me. But it always comes back because blessed is my memory. Hallelujah. Now listen, so Paul is concerned. I need to know that you're okay. So here's what Paul did. Paul sent Timothy, you go back, and I want you to do something. I want you to perform a wellness check. See, listen to me. When you look at the scriptures, you got to kind of take it for today, but also keep it in context of their times. Paul couldn't FaceTime them. There was no, you know, team meetings. There was no Zoom. There was no Skype. There was no, you know, WhatsApp. There was none of that. So when he separated from them, he really did not know what was going on unless he just happened to run by somebody in the marketplace that said they came from Thessalonica. And, but there was no way for him to know. So he said, Timothy, here's what I need you to do. He says, because um, this thing wearing on me. I'm longing to know. I've birthed this church, and I need to know how they're doing. So he sends Timothy in, right? He says, I want you to go perform a wellness check. Now, we know what that is in modern times, right? You haven't heard from somebody in a while. You call the police or you call their social worker and you say, hey, I've not heard from them in, in you know, X number of days. That's unusual. Can you go by and perform a wellness check? Nobody's in trouble. No crime has been committed. But I just need to make sure they're okay. Paul did that for Thessalonica. Today, I'm doing that for Exceeding Grace Christian Center and all those who are watching. Are you okay? How are you coming along in this thing? You know, every now and then, you'll send people you haven't seen, you'll ask somebody, have you put, have you, have you put your eyes on them? Just go by, don't, you ain't got to go tell them nothing. Just go, and, go by there and put your eyes on them. Just let me know they're eating. You know, your children go get their first apartment. You don't really want anything. You just need to put your eyes on them. I ain't trying to stay. I just want to make sure you eating. Okay, you ain't lost no weight. Okay, ain't nobody toothbrush in your bathroom. Oh, all right, all right, amen. I can go on. I was just checking on you to make sure you were doing a, a wellness check, all right? Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1. We're going to go verses 1 through 3. Just performing a wellness check. And do you know we're supposed to do that with each other? Yes. We're not supposed to let our brothers and sisters miss church and nobody says anything. 
don't, you don't say nothing. And I come in, hey, that's your, that's your, that's your buddy. How they doing? Oh, I ain't talked to them in. I don't know. Well, what kind of friend are you? What kind of sister are you? Because I'm a mama and I'm asking. Well, why you didn't call? Because when I call, people lie to me. But they won't lie to each other. See, I'm a mama. I, I learned that early. You feeling all right? Yeah, uh, mama. I'm, yeah, I'm good. Well, why I heard you groaning in there. You said, uh, uh I'm good. I'm good. Ain't nothing. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong. Because <laughs> you know I'm coming with. <laughs> but they, at 2 o'clock in the morning, they tell their brother and sister, oh, my God, you know, did you eat that? Because, oh, I'm sick, too. Did you? <laughs> you see how that works? All right. First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Here it is. It says, therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, this is Paul and Silas, and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to encourage you concerning your faith. Look at this, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions for you yourselves know that we were appointed to this. See, we got to know this. We were appointed to suffer. We were appointed to, oh, Pastor Kim, ain't nobody tell me it was going to be like this. These are light afflictions. Compared to the eternal weight of glory, this is light. Nonetheless, it's an affliction. It's persecution, and it's real. But you can get through this. He says, we were appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before, when we were with you, that we would suffer tribulation. Just as, it, just as it happened, and you know. So he sent him to do a wellness check. I need to know. I want to make sure your faith wasn't shaken. Are you still standing? Are you still holding sure to those things that we taught you? Are you still pressing toward debt freedom? Are you still coming against sickness and disease? Are you still keeping your confession up against COVID-19, Omicron, Delta, Lambda, Nu, Nu? Don't pay it. No mind. No mind. I said pay it. No mind. Pay it. No mind. Well, Pastor Kim, we got to be, pay it no mind. It, did Alpha get you? Did Delta get you? Pay it no mind. Numa, Namda, they got to, listen, pay it no mind. We keep focusing on those things that build our faith. CNN doesn't build your faith. Fox doesn't build your faith. Come on here, Facebook, it don't build your faith. Instagram news, it ain't going to build your faith. Hallelujah, but the word of God and the man and woman of God, they will build your faith. So he sent Timothy to make sure. I just need to know that you weren't shaken in the person. I knew you knew they were coming. We've been saying that Jesus is coming back. We've been saying that the church is going to go through. Pastor told us 10 years ago that we would be in times like this. You knew it, but are you holding on? Baby, you yet holding on? Yeah, mama, I'm yet holding on. Well, keep on keeping. Okay, Carlton Pearson and Zeus Street. Amen. So we've got to keep our footing in the midst of persecution. Now, persecution is not always people coming against your Bible and against your faith. 
and against your church attendance. It can be as simple as, why are you still eating that? You know, we've evolved, and um, we really shouldn't be putting that, that meat in our bodies like that. Um, have you tried veganism? Because you'll really find that it'll cleanse your temple, and you'll, you'll function with more clarity. Listen to this. You'll, you'll function with a little more clarity. And you know, you'll detox your body of all of those Okay, meat's bad. Then why is Jesus the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth? Why would he have them coming out of Egypt and before they came out, he says, hey, prepare ye a sacrifice of a lamb, roast it, and let them take it to the priest and let them eat it because you're going to need to go and... Elijah gets in trouble and he says, I'm sending you some food meat and bread from the Jezebel's table eat he was able to go in the strength of that well you know what I know I know you're reading the scriptures Chris I know you're reading the scriptures but have you thought about aligning your chakras because um you're a little okay see you gotta see the bible is not really teaching you how to deal with your inner self the Bible not teaching you how to deal with your inner self? When he says, I pray that you be strengthened with might in your inner man, what are you talking about? Christian, stop it. Stop it. You don't have any chakras. You have the Holy Ghost. You have a spirit. You have a soul. And you got a body. Stop it. Stop. Oh, Pastor Kim, you're yelling. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. I'm yelling. Not at you, but I'm yelling through you. I'm yelling. Yeah, it's going. I wanted to pass right. Get in there. I'm just performing a wellness check. I'm performing a wellness check. Because what's happened is these things that are not in the scripture. We have put them in our lives, and then we wonder why we feel so disconnected from the things of God and the people of God. I just don't feel, when I go to church, I'm just not, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling any, you know, they don't, uh, nobody treats me, you know, I'm not, I'm not celebrated when I go there, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I feel tolerated. I don't, I don't feel like anybody's really embracing. Stop it. Christian. I learned at four years old in vacation Bible school, the key to joy is J-O-Y. Jesus, others, yourself. You guys had standard publishing too. And you painted the little plastic, um, window sun catcher and you had the little and you hung it up mama hung it in the you know yeah they just hung it up there you know what i'm saying so you would understand that real joy is not about you at all so all of this mindfulness christians stop it that does not strengthen your faith all right now Here's what really uh, just kind of seared this thing for me. 
because when we look at these social icons who used to be Christian, who we adore and we follow and we, we wear their jerseys and we buy their sneakers, they're leading us, not us, they're leading some people to eternal damnation. So Pastor and I were watching on YouTube a little, little docu-series. Um, Dwight Howard was speaking of the 10 things he must have. GQ does this little series, 10 things that I, I, I can't do without or something like that. Okay, Dwight Howard raised a devout Christian, graduated high school from Southeast Atlanta Christian School. But why are you putting that man business on Wikipedia? You ain't got to put it out there. But he, he, he touted his upbringing when he made it into the league. Oh, I'm a Christian. I stand. I'm a Christian. I, so I'm like, wow. You know, and everybody had been like, oh, Dwight has these new powers. He's so old, but yet he's still so strong. What is, and I'm expecting to hear that it's attributed to his walk with Christ because I know that he will renew your strength, your youth like the eagles. He will renew your youth. So I'm like, this boy walking. He has to have his sage everywhere he goes. And he burns all different types of sages everywhere he goes. When they were in the bubble, he went and saved, and he would be on people's door. People would hear him. They say, "Oh, that's Dwight out there. He's he's cleansing the the atmosphere." Oh, then the Lakers. We come back to the stadium, and what does the Lakers have him do? They have him sage the entire arena. They sage all of the offices. He saged everything. What? I mean, he saged everything. He said it took him hours upon hours. How many? Three hours to sage the complex. Then he pulled out a crystal that had to be this big. He had two of them, huge. One, he had these crystals, and I have to keep the crystals with me everywhere I go because these crystals bring me the energy, the energy I need. And I thought that was bad until he pulled out a Bible and said, yeah, I don't go anywhere without this book. This is my Bible. I don't, I don't, go, I don't go anywhere without this book. He says, um, see, I didn't used to know how to read it. He said, but my sensei. My sensei taught me how to read the Bible, and now I read this Bible everywhere I go. I don't, I don't. And he keeps his chakras to Christians. We cannot take anything else and mix it with this word and think we are okay. No, the moment you depart from the truth of the living God, the moment you depart from the truth of this living word, you are in trouble. I'm going to just say it. You are on the way to hell. I'm just making sure that we understand 
that we are told and it's expected that we don't take anything away from this word, nor do we add anything to it. This word is right. This word is pure. This word will forever stand. There is nothing we need to add to this to make it work. You can take all of the vitamin C, D, elderberry, echinacea. All you're going to do is end up with diarrhea. No, no, I feel so much, I feel so much better when I take my supplements. My supplements keep me, keep me running. My supplements, my supplements, uh, this will keep you running. Well, you know, my, my, this is too low and I understand. Sometimes you need a supplement, not a replacement. Not a replacement, right? Not a replacement. So instead of quoting healing scriptures, we asking people, well, what should I take for this? And what should I take for this? And what do you recommend for this? And oh, I know you have an old, you know, remedy from the old country that can go on my knee. Ladies and gentlemen, stop it. We are Christians. By the stripes that Jesus bore on his back, we were and are healed. Period. Period. I'm saved now what, Pastor Kim? I'm saved, I'm, I'm saved, but I just don't know, I don't. Go back to 1 Thessalonians. Because I don't want it to be anything about me. Because she just meddling. I'm meddling with the world. I'm jugging at the world. And what I'm trying to do is jug the world until it gets out of you. You know, you ever seen somebody acting a fool? They're in mass hysteria, especially watch old westerns. And what they'll do is they'll take a hand and slap them. And all of a sudden they come through. They come to like, what was going on? Oh, gee whiz, what happened? Because we're saying, we're, we're doing too many things that aren't helping us bring disciples into the, we're getting people saved but we're not making disciples. We're getting people to sign cards, but we're not making disciples. Churches gave away, I don't know how many thousands of turkeys were given away by churches, you know, last week. You would think churches would be busting at the seam with all of the charity we're doing. You know why? Because all we're doing is handing out, and those, those turkeys are in a deep freezer somewhere. Or sold somewhere. With five other... Because he didn't tell us to go out and feed. He told us to make disciples, all right? So we got to be careful that, that we're not stuck in this place where I'm saved and that's it. Because I'm going to prove to you today that being saved, it ain't enough. What do you mean? Because if you aren't continually being saved, continually being sanctified you draw back into this place and we'll read it later where you're worse off than you were when you started we've got to be very careful with these little things that have crept in hey let me kick this one okay can we stop with the grand risings can we stop grand rising everybody stop grand rising it's a good morning buenos dias 
thank you. It's witchcraft and has entered into our modern day vernacular. Cause good morning ain't enough. It's enough. Good morning is enough. Don't add to it cause you're messing up. A grand rising, witches believe that at night when you go to sleep, your spirit travels. And that while you're sleeping, you're really gone. Your spirit is out there in the universe. The universe and it's traveling and it's experiencing and living your real life. So then when you wake up in the morning, what has happened is your spirit has re-entered your body and now you are having a grand rising. Let's stop being fancy, people. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good night. Good morning. Good morning. Good night. Period. Because we're repeating things we don't understand. And what you're doing is opening a door for demonic influence to come in. So you're grand rising everybody, and then when they start talking to you like you understand and introducing things to you, there are no grand risings. There are no grand risings. It's sorcery, ladies and gentlemen. There is nothing you can burn in your house that's going to move a spirit. The word makes demons tremble, not your incense. Angels can move them out of the way, but not your incense. church it's in the church and if I have to lose some Facebook followers oops I don't have Facebook people unsubscribe from my Instagram oh, don't have that either people don't watch my snap I don't have that either I don't and I'm a tough-skinned girl so it's okay but if it's never said, then you don't know what's expected. And one day we all are going to stand before Jesus' great throne and we're going to have to give an answer. And I don't want him to get to me and say, now I told you to tell them. I told you to tell them. And you looked in their little faces and their little brown eyes and you wouldn't say it because you wanted friends. I don't need friends. I don't need sons, I don't need daughters in exchange for having to talk to Jesus any longer than I have to. I'm trying to enjoy his presence. I'm not trying to be talking all 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years explaining why. You don't think about any eternity, you might be there 60 years. I'm not gonna be talking that long, I wanna say hey. I want him to say, well done, good and faithful. Hold on, hold on, don't you go nowhere, stay right there. Don't you go nowhere, stay right there. I'll get back to you. No. Well done. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You see what I'm saying? And I'm sure that's what all of you want. I'm sure you want that for your children. 
I'm sure you want it for your cousins and your nieces and your auntie and your parents. But hey, we can't keep pretending like this stuff isn't going on. There are expectations that have been set. I can't walk into some professor's classroom and change the expectations because I'm busy. No, you're going to fail that course. You're going to fail that course. Amen? So uh, where were we? 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7. I want you to hear this again. So that you become examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. Do you know we're supposed to be a book that people can look at, read, and want to copy? People are supposed to look at us and want to carbon copy their life after us. They're supposed to say, I want a stamp of you and I want to stamp it onto me because you are exemplifying everything I want to become. Can you put that word example up there in the Greek for me? It's the Greek word uh, tupoios, and it means a figure formed by blow or impression. Look at this. It speaks of men worthy of imitation. So people shouldn't just want to imitate the man and woman of God. No, they're supposed to look at you and want to imitate you. They should want their houses to look like your house. They should want their children to look like your children. They should want their marriages to look like your marriage. They should want your, your, their clothes to look like your clothes. They want their style to look. Why? Because we're supposed to be an example. That new people coming into the body of Christ look and say, ooh. God, if that's what it is, that's what I want to be. God, if that's how I'm supposed to live, that's how I'm supposed to live. God, if that's what marriage really, that's what I... They're supposed to come in and want to make a carbon copy, a dye imprint of our lives. And if you, they see something that's not worth emulating, do you know people don't pick and choose? We got to be the total package. He didn't say be an example of a good orator, be an example as a good intercessor. Oh, you can really pray. Oh, be an example as a good teacher because you can really. No, our lives are to be an example. So I want to make sure today, once again, that we know the expectations. I'm saved. Now what? Ask me that question. Say, Pastor Kim, I'm saved. Now what? All right. So first, I'm going to make sure you're saved. I'm going to make sure you say, how are we saved? As we read in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, how do I become a follower of Paul, Silas, Timothy, John, Kim, Philip, and Alberta, and whoever else? How do I become a follower of them and the Lord? How does that happen? That's what it means to be saved. I am a disciple. I didn't just fill out a card. And if you came in by a card, that's a good place to start, but you can't stay there. And what has happened is people have come in on a card, showed up at church, bought a cute outfit because I look, oh, 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 they like the dress. Oh, oh, they care. That, oh, they like, oh, they, that's how they do. And we come in and we emulate that part. The 
things that don't matter at all, but won't emulate lifestyle, won't emulate conviction, won't emulate diligence, won't emulate attendance, won't emulate holiness. We've got to become disciples. Paul was so into this thing, he didn't want a wife. He was that into this word and serving God. He says, "Ah, you can keep the wife. Because I'm sure he was preaching the way he was preaching. Uh, you know, taking care of the way he was taking care of. Go to Thessalonica. Them women wanted him. Go to Ephesus. They was like, hey, can you connect me with Paul? Paul was like, baby, don't waste your time because I don't want you. As a matter of fact, it's not just you. I'm good the way I am. I got to be about my fault. I ain't got time. He said, because you married folks, you got to think too much about your spouses. That ain't for me. All right? But he said, unless you burn, don't burn. Go on and marry. He said, but I wish you would be just like me in this. Because he saw the kingdom of God and the word of God and the people of God of such value and importance that his own physical needs or desires, his own personal didn't even matter to him. I don't, I don't, I don't need it. I don't even want it. All I want is this. Okay? So we're to become examples, disciples, man. Emulating God. Emulating those ones that He has put before you. Well, Pastor Ken, that mean we gotta dress like no, you ain't gotta dress like me. You mean we can't do it? No, you don't have to do the actions. Follow the faith and the convictions. Follow the diligence and the. And I'm going to tell you this: if you're in a church, you're not a member here. You're in a church, and they're not worth imitating according to this. Not according to your flawed soul. Find another church. Because you're not growing. I said you're not growing. Now, I'm not talking about personality differences. I'm talking about this word and the mandate and the calling that's on this house, that man, me, apostle. How are we saved? How are we saved? It's more than, oh, God, I felt so good that Sunday, and I was really going through some things, and I just decided to, you know, go ahead and give Christ a try and and, you know, you looked up, and it's been five years, but have you grown? Or are you just the same person doing the same things but attending church? That's not saved. Here's what it means to be saved. Go to, back to First Thessalonians chapter 5. I mean, chapter 1, and we're going to go to verse 5, and it's going to spell out to us how we're saved. For our gospel did not come to you in words only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you. Why? For your sake. Already living for God. That's not without a question. He says, but I live this way for you. All right? And you become followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. So how do you know you're saved when you have received the word? Not received my word. No, received the word. Are we still vomiting up everything?
everything we received. You can tell when a baby's not ready for something, right? They bring, you give it to them and they bring it right back up. They're, oh, they're not ready for that yet. You know. Well, as Christians, the word is supposed to stay down. It's not supposed to keep coming up. Well, Pastor Kim, how does it come up out of us? Offense, criticism, doubt, fear, unbelief. No, that's not. It, we've got to receive the word. Now, let's keep going. Uh, 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 uh. Where was I? Six. And you became followers of us and the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. How do you know you're saved? When you turn from idols to the true and living God. If you still got a little of this and this, you're not saved. I can't have a little word and a little horoscope. Okay, because I just found out that's bad. I'm like, uh, the kids had me rolling. You know, I didn't know that you couldn't date somebody if they weren't the right sign, and you can't, you don't have friends that aren't the right sign, and people are fighting at school because my sign is not done incompatible with your sign, so we gotta fight. No, 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 no. We don't worship stars. I'm not worshiping stars. That's my, it's constellations. It's stars. Stop. You cannot serve and worship idols and worship God and think you are saved. You're not. Now, the beautiful thing is, it's an easy fix. But we can't keep walking through this thing like we've got it on lock and we don't. We've got to listen to each other. What did you just say? Zodiac, Sagittarius, Libra, Pisces. Oh, I can't fool with you because you Scorpio. That explains it. You Scorpios always sting. Oh, if you don't get out my face. You don't get out my face with that mess. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. It's idolatry. You see what I'm saying? So when we're saved, we have received the word and we have turned from, I've turned from worshiping me to worshiping the true and living God. Oh, I'm not, I ain't never been in none of that. I've been a good Christian girl my whole year. Yeah, you've been worshiping you. Uh-uh, I ain't getting my mom. I'm a good boy. I was a good boy. I never, you've been worshiping you and your goodness. I'm just trying to bring a Bible to y'all, I promise. That we fall back in love with the true and living God and that we cast down every idol that we have erected in his presence. Now, can I tell you something? They don't stand. That's why people are ebbing and flowing. 
Remember Dagon? They tried to prop Dagon yes. up yes. next to the ark. Dagon kept falling, kept yes. falling until it finally just broke into pieces. Yes. Nothing else is able to stand. It can't stand. So I, my life keeps going like this. This week I'm happy. This week I'm sad. This week I'm, I'm excited. This week I'm low. Oh, this week God is good. This week he's not so much. This week I attend church. Next week I don't. This week I serve. This week I... Stop. Find the idol that you have erected and tear it down. You've built some altars that you've been worshiping at. Tear them down. If a person can affect how you serve and love God, you might be worshiping that person. Oh, but that's my, that's my boo. That's my hubby. That's my wifey. That's my bump that junk. He can go through. You're not going to affect my devotion to the Lord. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, we just got that understanding. Go in that room and work out whatever you're going through. Go take a ride, go to the park, go do, but I'm not. I'm not. Do what you got to do. But I'm not leaving God. Because you got an attitude today. The person might be an, an, an idol. So real salvation is when I have taken this word and I receive it. And now I've turned away from idols. Look at this. Matthew 6, 24. We know this scripture quite well. But we love the word. So we're going to put our eyes on it. We love the word. And I'll say this. I learned how easy it was fooling up with Facebook jail or whatever they did to us. I don't know what they did to us, but it was ugly. Um, that Christians ought to own a Bible. See, because your little, your little stuff online, your little, they got too much control over your little app. They got, they, got, they got way too much control over your little, you know, they could just, they got too much, yeah, they got too much control. Get your good Bible. Get your good, get your a good one. Invest it. Invest in the word. Of, in, it, this is supposed to be the most precious thing we own. Now, anybody ever bought anything precious from Walmart? I'm not picking on nobody. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just messing with stuff. I'm just messing. Anything precious? You went to Walmart and this just, oh, this is just, oh, this just precious. It's just, oh, my Walmart. Gotta have no. The people don't do that about it. They don't do that about it. She don't do that about. Don't do that about that. Oh, you can't sit on my sofa. That's a Walmart throw. Don't sit there. Now you get an MS throw, you go fold that up for certain people come to your house, right? You put that up in the closet. You know, Churn can't put their hands on. Well, if his word is precious, get a good, get, get a, get a, get a good one. When, when you, you smell it and it smells like many cows have died that this might live. Get your, get your good one. Ooh, it don't peel, it get better with age. You put a little oil on it and it just, why? Because ladies and gentlemen, when the metaverse completely takes over, I don't know if it's gonna be many churches in the metaverse. They try, but they're not gonna be the church you wanna be in. So you might wanna fall back in love with, as pastor taught us over at Pentecostal Temple with those things of old. Learn where your books are in the Bible. 
Get your Bible out. Meditate your scriptures. Take your notes in your Bible. Get your little jo- Why? Because they got too much control over that other stuff. All of a sudden, you go to log in and all your stuff. I can control this. And it gets like it was in the days of Cora 10, boom, you can build your hole in the wall and hide this. Matthew 6, 24. I'm just trying to help the body of Christ fall back in love with God and the things of God. Look at this. No one can serve two masters. For either he will be okay with one and be okay with the other, or else he will, you know, kind of deal with the other and kind of deal with... No. You see those antonyms? Love, hate. Be loyal, despise. We can't do both. So I can't do this walk well and... Come on, let me hold your hand. Let me hold your hand. And still hold on to the world. God's looking up on... You're going to hold me, don't pull me down, though. <laughs> That's the world going to do. It's going to pull you down in. But <laughs> my falls have to be controlled these days. I got to control my falls. <laughs> but do you see, we can't do this because God's sitting on his throne looking and like, oh, uh, I thought we would have, I thought we would have, I thought, oh, uh, I thought we would have gathered. Oh, you, oh, you've been with, oh, you, oh. Oh, remember Jesus on the cross? Oh, and all those sins came on him. And his father looked down and he couldn't look. And Jesus could feel the absence. And Jesus looked up and said, Father, Father, wow, has thou forsaken me? He couldn't look at him. You was holding hands. He can't. might get the cooties, you know? But it's worse than that. It's worse than that. He wants us to be loyal to him. He doesn't play seconds well. Well, that's why I can't serve, you know, because, you know, he's talking about he a jealous God and all that. I can't, I can't be with no jealousy. Oh, that, stop it. How would you feel if your husband didn't care what you did or your wife didn't care what you did? They don't even care. You can go do whatever. That, ooh, with whoever, however, whenever. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't feel value. You ain't going to say nothing. No, just go, go do you. Oh, oh, no. Well, Father God is faithful, and he's loyal, and he gave us expectations because he is jealous. And not jealous in a flaw, but jealous in a love. He's jealous for us. Dad Derber taught us that, didn't he? He's jealous for us. That means when I look at you, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to watch over you. I'm not going to let any filth. You ever seen a mama who just, ooh, just like this about their kids? They don't even let them get dirty. My mama was kind of like that. You know, you can't, you, you. And so my auntie got, grabbed me and just set me in dirt because my mom's like, oh! Thank you. Thank you. Woo, don't get it, you know. Do, do you see? It was, it was a protection and an endearing and a, and a, ooh, a value and a, oh. Not that kids can't get dirty. But we do clean them up when they get dirty. Because right. you understand. You understand. 
Okay, let's keep going. 1 Peter chapter 1. Everybody doing good? Yes. Oh, praise God. Anybody getting tired? No. Oh, okay, it didn't matter anyway, so I'm going to keep preaching. If it's just me and Pastor <laughs> Churn, come back down. I'm just keep going because I got to get this out. Come on, yeah. All right. And you're going to help me preach in the end. So just 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, we're going to go to verses 23 through 25. Look at this. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return? When he suffered, he did not. Am I in the wrong place? Oh, child, that's chapter 2. And y'all just let me read. No, you didn't. You told me. Oh, here we are. Having been born again. I should have known. I was looking for that word. Not of, look at this, corruptible seed, but incorruptible. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because, because all flesh is as grass and anything flesh produces. Garbage, all right? And all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flowers fade away or falls away. But the word of the Lord endures for how long? Forever. Endures for how long? Forever. Endures for how long? The word of the Lord endures forever. All right? So we're not born again of a, a corruptible seed. No, we're born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. So people who are showing up to little outreaches, filling out cards, and there was no word preached, well, what did you receive? Receive the, can I pray for you? That ain't, that, that, that's not how you get saved. Right. Oh, can I, can, I, can I pray for you? Oh, yeah, can you please pray for me? Now, repeat this after me. Okay, you just hooked with me into salvation. Because I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't come here for that. I came here for, you know, cheese, bread, turkey, can of jelly, cranberry sauce, whatever that garbage is. That, do you see what I'm saying? They have to receive the word. Have you ever... Oh, I'm sorry. This is your Bible, but it's my language, okay? Receive it. See, he had to take it. But if he hadn't received it, it's still with me. So we are, here, take it. He doesn't want it. Take it. No, no, oh, I'll hold it right here. Oh, this word is in your heart now. You're going to follow after it, and you're going to fill out this card, and everything's going to be wonderful because I know you're really going through. Jesus will make it receive the word. He didn't receive the word. He didn't receive the word. I've seen it a million and one times, and unfortunately, many of us have come in that way. And it doesn't stick. It doesn't stick because you were going through, and it was the worst time in your life, and your girlfriend said, hey, come to my church. And I came to your church, and I, oh, Jesus, yes, I take Jesus, I take Jesus. Anybody I see like that, I don't even know, I don't even know where they are now. Because they didn't come because of the word, they came because of a problem. And here's the key, we can bring them here because of the problem, but we've got to keep them here because of the word. They can come because of the problem. But see, can they stay once the problem is resolved? And you know, a lot of us do that. Oh, man, we're fervent in church attendance. We're fervent in Bible study. We're showing up the flight team. We're doing everything we can when we're going through. But when we think we got the reins, 
I see you when I see you. No, I'm not going to be able to make it. Got some other plans. Oh, going out to brunch. I'll... Birthday year. That's where we are, almost a birthday year. Oh, it's my birthday year. Every year is your birthday year? But that's okay. So 1 Peter 1, we saw that word, we are born again. What does it mean to be born again? It's the Greek word anageneo. Anageneo. It means to produce again, to be born again, born anew. Metaphorically, it means, look at this, to have one's mind changed so that he lives a new life, not a better life. A new life. And one conformed to the will of God. So when I am born again, we just saw that, right? Born again? Yeah. We say, ain't you been born again? Yeah, I've been born again. I've been born again. Okay. Has your mind changed? And has your will conformed to the will of God? If that has not taken place, you are just religious. It's just religious. Now, I said the fix is easy. We'll get to that. But we can't keep expecting to see fruit in our lives when we're not that kind of tree. I could never walk in my yard and expect to see navel oranges. Because I don't have an orange tree. Well, why isn't this working for me? You're not that kind of tree. So you're struggling to produce the fruit that you know you're supposed to produce because you're not that kind of tree. Yet, yet, you're still in the world. So you're producing the fruits of the world. Drama, chaos, lack, sickness, disease. But when you become this new tree, a tree of righteousness, now all of a sudden you produce the fruits of righteousness. Amen? Does that make sense? Yes. All right. Now, we know Romans 10, 8 and 10, that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts, we're going to be saved, right? Now, unfortunately, the church, the modern church teaching stops short. They stop short of telling everybody that there's got to be some evidence. There's got to be a change. And I'll say this as a lover of youth, a lover of children, babies. And we can't keep letting them tell us they're saved. Oh, ah, uh, he, he, he saved, she saved. No, 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 no. What evidence do we have? Have their behaviors changed? If not, they're just blowing smoke. Why do I blow smoke? I put up a smoke screen so you really can't see me. So I know how to say the things I need to say after pastor preaches. I know how to, you know, I can. I heard the song, and you might come in the room, and I might be listening to a little Mary Mary. I'm just putting up a smoke screen. There's got to be evidence. And that's what the modern-day church is missing. That we, you know, we got the outfit. Well, not anymore. We've, we've even lost that, Jesus. We've even lost that. Well, Pastor Kim, no, come as you are. That's not a scripture. That's not a scripture. That's what man has done to God's church. If you were invited to your CEO's home for a Christmas celebration, you wear your ripped jeans and flip-flops? 
You wearing your Crocs and your joggers and your ball cap? Nope, the CEO invites you to his Christmas party on Brightwater Boulevard. You're spending money you shouldn't spend to look the way you think they want you to look. Well, we're coming before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's here. It's his house. I got rules. He showed up in my house. You're not coming to my house with your short shorts on. You're not coming to my house with your tank top, your crop top, and your, and your spandex on, not in front of my husband and my son. You will get turned around at the door. Think I'm playing with you. Think I'm, think I'm playing with you. No, you ain't coming there like that. Why? Because it's his home. And you're not going to make him feel uncomfortable in his home. You see what I'm saying? Well, this is God's house. And then... Well, we can't be comfortable. Yes, you can be comfortable. Yeah, the, your, your man of God said, buy your size and then be comfortable. But I, <laughs> he said it, not me. But I sure enjoyed repeating it. <laughs> All right, so there's got to be some evidence. Just, let's just go there. Romans chapter 10. This time of year is so difficult with the AC and I just want us to know where these scriptures are. You know why? Because if we're good, we got to lead some other people. Yes. And these are things we've got to know. Absolutely. Well, you know, oh, auntie, I want to be saved. Do you know what to tell them? Do you know what to tell them? Well, you need to come to church with me and my pastor. Okay, what if he doesn't make it to Sunday? See, we're putting a lot on the man and woman of God, but everybody not making it from Sunday to Sunday. The way it's going on out down the streets, people ain't, people, people ain't making it Sunday to Sunday. You see what I'm saying? You've got to know. We are, make, go ye into all the world making disciples. So we all have got to know what to say to people to get them to Christ. And I'm going to tell you this, it's not a one-time conversation. It's not a one-time conversation. Okay, let's pray. No. Give them the word. Preach to them. Preach. And your testimony is good. People can overcome by your testimony, but that's not the word they need. They need to know what Jesus did for them. How Jesus died. How he's coming back. How he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will keep us and teach us and guide us. Come on now. Tell them about those angels that are all around. They need the word, okay? Romans 10. Let's start at verse 8. What does it say then? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, here's the thing. We can hear what people are saying, but we can't see their heart. I don't know what you believe, but do you know how I know what you believe? When I see your actions. And the church, we've got to get some evidence. There's got to be more evidence that we are saved. There's a way. Come on, say it after me. Say, Pastor Kim, Pastor Kim. I agree. I agree. 
There's a way Christians live. Period. There's a way. And see, that's what we don't want to tell people. And so what's happening is it's causing, according to what is that, Titus? It's causing chapter 2. It's causing the name of God to be blamed and to be stained and to be blemished and to look bad. Do you know why everybody's listening to Fauci? They're all listening to Fauci because the church got away from signs, wonders, and miracles. Because there was a time when people got sick, they showed up to the house of God. Oh, but we're not holding healing meetings anymore either because we're all scared. So we're running from COVID, but what do we do with breast cancer? We're running from COVID, what do we do with, with, with intestinal issues? We're running from COVID, but what do we do with migraines? What, do, what are we doing? Maybe the truth is that a lot of people got saved, but they didn't know what to do next. They didn't know how to walk this thing out. They didn't know how to stand in their faith. So when the suffering and the persecutions came, people fell off. Okay? Go to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1. And we're going to look at this in the uh, Passion Translation. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Me, I didn't give you this one. Hebrews 2 and 1, the Passion Translation, it says this. This is why it is so crucial that we be all the more engaged and attentive to the truths that we have heard so that we do not what? So that we do not what? Now, when you read that in the, the New King James, it sounds like the word is loosening, it, 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 if you're not reading carefully. Give it to us in the New King James. Let me show you what I mean. Lest we drift away. I think maybe it's King James. Let me see King James. Say it's the same thing, lest we drift away. Yeah, let me see the King James on that. Lest at any time we let them slip. And a lot of times the slipping, we'll assume, oh, the word is slipping. No, the word ain't slipping. The word is sure, it's everlasting, it stands fast, it's on a solid foundation. No, we're the ones drifting. We are the ones slipping away when we don't give careful attention. You, so you mean I'm supposed to be? Ta -ta? Yes. You can't join Uncle Sam's military and do the things that you want to do. Wear your belt the way you want to wear your belt. Do your hair the way you want to do your hair. Dress the way you want to dress. No, they got uniforms based on where you're going and what you're doing. Right? So in the body of Christ, why is it that we've allowed the devil to tell us we can do whatever we want to do and God's going to accept it? No, he's not. Why? Because he set the expectations from the beginning. Well, that's Old Testament. He did not do away with the Old Testament. Christ came and he fulfilled it all. He fulfilled it all. All right? So, this is why we need a wellness check. Because there are a lot of things that have caused us to drift away. And the body is drifting because we're not giving careful attention to the truths that we've heard. We're being uh, casual listeners. And then you take your casual listening and then you go home and you do some attentive Netflix. And, oh, I don't watch Netflix. I got children. You do attentive Cocoa Melon. Oh, my gosh. Will everybody turn that off? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? And, and all of that casual church listening goes away. 
And then when a pressure comes, everything starts to sound good. So all of that stuff on Instagram and Facebook, it really does sound really, really good. Kind of like Pastor was talking today uh, during the offering time, talking about is America racist? Now, ain't nobody have no problem with America. And I know that ain't how you're supposed to say that. But ain't nobody have no problem with America until they told you you were supposed to have a problem with America. Because the truth of the fact is, we as a nation are doing better than we ever have done. And those who aren't doing better aren't doing better because they don't want to. I look at those kids every day who are in schools, and I'm like, God, if I'd have had something like that, I didn't know that, wow, you can come out of school with a certification in that and come out of school with a certification in that and come out of school with an AA degree, come out of school with a bachelor's degree, come out of high school. That was not available. There was no journalism school and mass communication school and, and CAT program. and It didn't exist. But now our children still coming out sitting on the sofa doing nothing. Why is that? More opportunity and less diligence and no desire. So America didn't do that. Trump didn't do that. Biden ain't going to fix that. And Kamala, who is she? All right? Who is she? She does not exist. Oh, yeah, we did it. That's the last time we heard from you, girl. The problem is we won't hold fast to those things we have been taught. We shouldn't be posting that stuff if we really knew the kingdom ruled overall. We excuse ourselves when they come. Well, I notice you silent. Yes, I have been silent, and here is why. The Lord says that I... No, but we sound just like them. Why? Because we're casual listeners in church. But Facebook gets all our attention. I'm so tired, go to bed and put your phone down. Put the phone down. Put it on sleep mode and take yourself to S-L-E-E-P. The Lord gives sweet sleep. The reason you're tired is you won't take the gift he gave you. You know how many gifts we have from him? Sleep is a gift. It's a gift. It's a powerful gift. Okay, so we're saved. But I kept telling you, saved ain't enough. Because I want to fix this for the body of Christ. Once saved, always saved. Biggest lie the devil ever told the church. What you mean? What you mean, Pastor Cameron? Once saved, always? No, 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 no. You cannot run off of that eight-year-old testimony you had. You can't run off of that. When I was eight, I got saved at my grandma's church. And I'm, God, no. You got to live like you're a Christian if you want to live like you're a Christian. See, people who live like Christian get to walk on streets of gold. They need to go through pearly gates. You know what I'm saying? They get to, they get to see all that. And people who pretend like they're Christians, they, keep the, they get to fall for eternity. Think about that, falling for eternity. Anybody had a nightmare where you're falling in your sleep? Imagine that for eternity. That's hell. Darkness. Anybody like the darkness? I can't stand the darkness. Not afraid of it. I just don't like it. Utter darkness. 
forever. So I'm going to go ahead and live like I'm a Christian, for real, for real. For real, for real, all right? Look at this, Revelations chapter 3, verse 5. Ushers, you can go ahead and start passing those out. Revelations 3, verse 5. Look at this. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. Look at this. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. I will confess his name. I won't blot your name. So our names can be blotted out. You mean the Lord got white out? He got better than white out. Blot out. Like it was never there? Like he was never there? Oh, what? Oh, the Lord is too loving to do something like that. Baby, he grieved you a long time ago. See, at the first turn, his heart, oh, he's married to the backslider. Yeah, you know when you backslide, it starts with this. He married right there. You get on down that street, he don't know you. No, that's not, that's not true. Yeah. He's not standing there. Everybody wants to sing these songs. Oh, he's right there with me. But no, he's not. Don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. And he don't blot it out once you get there. He blot it out before you get there. Why you here? Uh... Second Peter chapter 2, because in the mouths of two or three witnesses, everything is established. Okay, Second Peter chapter 2. Verse 20. Mm-hmm. Help us, Jesus. Help the church. For if after they had escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so they escaped the pollution. The world pollutes us, ladies and gentlemen. You get defiled out there in the world. Come up dirty. You be stinky. You don't do that, Okay. They are again entangled in them and overcome. Well, what do you mean overcome? They get out there, they get entangled, and they like it. We want blessings to come on us and overtake us, right? When blessings come on you and overtake you, people can't see you, they see the blessing. Well, when the pollutions of the world come on you and overtake you, they can't see you. They see, uh, see the pollution. And I've already told you, God can't look on pollution, right? Because Jesus, his son, his only begotten son, on the cross, his only begotten son. He had to turn away. All right? They're overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them, look at this, not to have known the way of the righteousness, the way of righteousness, then having known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow, that's a pig, having washed to her wallowing in her mire, in the mire. That's the word of God. It would be better for that person to never have known the way than to know the way and let's just allow that for a moment. 
The word is truth, right? The word is right, right? See why we can't play this little this little slippery game with the body trying to play this little this little I'm Christian on Sunday. I heard a pastor say this. It was his birthday. It was his birthday. No, he just had he had the party. Oh, the birthday. Yeah, whatever. Coming up. Yes, yeah, coming up this week. And uh, he told his congregation and all the world that was watching. He said, "If you're coming for church, that's Wednesday night. But if you're looking for a good party, that's Friday." His party, his birthday, oh, and boy, I saw the pictures. Oh, oh. But what you're saying, we can't party? What I'm saying is we don't party like that. Oh, the Bible's full of feasts, full of honor, full of wedding feasts that went on for the whole. Yeah, but we, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't bring their music to our feasts. Mm-mm. We don't bring their liquor to our they had wise, and you don't bring that look up to your. You don't bring that. You don't bring that to the feast, because the feasts are an act of thanksgiving to God for that person, for this wedding, for that birth, for this you know rededicate, whatever it is. All right, we don't do that. And so, what's the message that was sent? By a man of God with a very big church. I don't mean a little bit of church. <laughs> you know, when you, you're nearing almost $100 million on a building project, and you're not Jerry Jones, you know, did some things. That's big. That, that's, you know, that's pretty big. But what message did he send? That I can be Christian on Sunday, Christian during Bible study by Zoom. But any other day, I got to keep it 100. No, keep it 100. 100 is right. You know what 100 means? There's nothing else. There are no impurities. It's 100. You can't be 100 and. Oh, I believe that to 1,000%. There's no such thing as 1,000%. Can we stop saying that? It's 100%. Part per 100. 100 out of 100 is 100%. Do you see what I'm saying? We can't, we can't, I say we can't think we're going to live these two lives. There's my church me, and then there's the other me. And I really like the other me more than the church me. There's only one you, and that's that you. There is no church you. This is the fraud. This is the fraud. The real you is there. Well, Pastor Kim, that's not true. Remember this whole make disciples thing? See, all my friends are here. 100% of my friends are here. If you're a contact in my phone, you're here. If I'm having something at my house, you're there. Because you are my friend and my family. Jesus said, who are I? Who's my mother? Who's my mother? Who are my brothers? The ones who do it my father's will. See, I can't tell my children to be holy. But they see mama leave the house looking another way, going with another set of friends they don't know, doing other things they're not allowed to do. I don't do anything my children aren't allowed to do. I'm 50. I'm 50, and I do nothing my children aren't allowed to do. 
I'm just telling you how that thing, I don't go nowhere. My children, I was raised like that. They used to, my mama called, they would call my mama the Brady Bunch because everywhere she went, we showed up at everywhere. Well, all them children, probably they weren't but three, but they act like my mama had 20 kids. It wasn't but three of us. They did. Everybody just thought about that, the Brady Bunch. We all of us, just three of us, but... She went to the tennis court, we went to the tennis court. She went to the uh, Bible study, we went to Bible study. Teachers meeting, we went to teachers meeting, junior women meeting, we went to junior women meeting. We went to the birthday party. Went to... Now, them unsaved years, them, them little funny years, you know, they, they had some anniversary parties we couldn't go to. <laughs> uh, to the railroad. Y'all remember the railroad clubhouse? But they always bought us something home to eat. Amen, Jesus. But do you see what I'm saying? Everywhere. You couldn't do things. You couldn't do things. I don't do things. You shouldn't do things that if pastors show up, you run it. See, that's why we leave weddings. We do not stay. We do all that putting on and makeup and all that. We don't stay because we know we're going to hinder you. And we don't want it to be said you was hindered, and we don't want to see you in that light. He come, he blessed the fool, and he said, deuces. Because you're not going to make your cousin act like we act. You know what I'm saying? Because there can't be two of us. Keep it 100, right? Be 100% Christian. Live 100% of the time like a Christian. That's right. Keep it real because Jesus is real. Jesus is real, I know. The Lord is real to me. Okay, be real like Jesus. Don't be real like that person at the, at the flea market. Don't be that kind of real. That when water hit it, it starts peeling. You leave in the car, it starts melting. You know what I'm saying about that right there? You don't want to be that kind of real. You want to be verified, authenticated, proven. You see what I'm saying? All right, come on, enough of that, okay. So Paul needed to know with the children of Thessalonica, his sons, his daughters, his brothers and his sisters, he called them all of that, that the word took root. It's like Mark chapter 4 when we read about the parable of the seed and the sow and the four grounds. There's only one ground we really should ever want to be, and that's good ground, where the seed of the word, it took root, it grew, and it produced a harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100. So Paul wanted to make sure that they took root and they bore fruit. I'm this morning making sure that the words you've been hearing have taken root and you are bearing fruit. If you're not bearing fruit, the tree, because every tree produces after its own kind. We are a new creation. Old things have passed. Not I'm getting better. Not I'm working on it. We don't work on anything. Remember, the word comes with power. It comes with the Holy Ghost, with much assurance. We're not working on anything. We're holding on to things. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. I said, we're not working on anything. We're holding on. You got to let some things go. If nobody else will tell you, Pastor Kim will tell you, you got to let it go. You can't coddle it. You can't baby it. You can't, you can't nurse it. You can't cry over it. You, can't, you just got to, if a pan... I know some of y'all did this on. Who reached in the oven and took out that pan and you know it was hot? Nobody did. I, I, I do that every time. Like, why do I keep doing that? You know it's in the oven and you know it's hot. 
Do you hold on to it? No. <laughs> you let it go. You let it go. You let it go. You let it go. Why? Because you recognize by the nerves in your hands, it's burning you. You let it go. Well, by the spirit that's on the inside of you, it ought to be letting you know it's hurting you. You're not winning. You're not coming through this victoriously. All right? We can't coddle it. Let it go. Well, Pastor Kim, how I let it fast. Fast. If you can take three services off from church, take three days off of work. Your life depends on it. Your life depends on it. Get yourself some water. And it ain't even got to be expensive water because that might be the problem. Don't buy the expensive water. Get you some cheap water. Get you some city punch. Just get you some city punch. And sit down in some comfortable pants and a sweatshirt with your Bible. And you pray. You pray in the Holy Ghost. You read what he tells you to read. You cry when you get convicted. You let him talk to you some more and convict you some more. And then you go back to read that word. And then you pray some more. Then you pray in the Holy Ghost. And then you can put your shoes on. And you can go walk around the block. And you can go sit outside on the wall. You can go sit on the grass. You can just pray before him again. When you start snotting too bad, you go back inside the house. You tell him how much you enjoyed it. He say, yeah, I know, but it's time to let it go. And he show you another scripture why you need to let See, that, that's what fasting is. Yeah. Fasting is not, it's not walking through work all day and you ain't ate. That, that's, that's not fasting. That's not fasting. Fasting is I have severed myself away from all distractions. I've turned down my food, not so that I can lose weight, but so that God can talk to me and I can lay this thing out. I can tell, finally tell somebody the truth. He already know because he saw it when you did it. He was there. Yeah, okay, that's she she hollering again. Second Peter chapter one, the easy to read version. Does everybody have a handout? Because we're gonna do our wellness check. Oh, amen. Second Peter chapter one, verse 10 in the easy to read version says, My brothers and sisters, God called you and chose you to be his. Look at this. God called you and showed. How special is that? He didn't just call you, he chose you. It says, do your best to live in a way that shows you really are God's called and chosen people. If you do all of this, you will never fall. You might fall. No, you'll never fall. You won't fall. If you live like you're really God's called and chosen. We got to live. Do your best. We know the devil throws some things and, oh, oh, that, oh, I didn't know. Oh, I got caught up just that fast. I got caught up. Because, don't we can get caught up. Get, yeah. Thank you, Christian. Yeah, you get caught up and you look up and you don't watch 10 hours of the Virginia. Shit, nobody watched 10 hours of the Western, but I, I've done it. I have laid across that bed and watched Western after. Virginian, Gunsmoke, Virginian, Gunsmoke, Virginian, Gunsmoke. Laramie, 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 Gunsmoke, Virginia. And you look up and you're like, it's dark outside. I haven't eaten. Where am 
my children? <laughs> What's my husband doing? Got caught up, and so you know what you do? You turn it off, and you don't watch it again. Ain't nothing wrong with gun smoke. You're right, they're not cussing. They do drink that whiskey, though, and they do fight. But ain't no sex scenes, ain't no cussing, ain't no, it's just good clean, it's just good clean. Oh, but dog, them 10 hours could have been used better than that, right? They could have been doing something to help edify. I'm working on something, aren't I? Always working on something. Okay, then I've got to choose to live, and so how do you break it? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Just drop it. You know what I'm saying? I know it's football season, but you can't watch every game. I mean, dog, every game? You watching Iowa play? Like, why? I watch Utah for what? <laughs> Limit it to Georgia and Alabama and go ahead and be done. They don't want worth watching. Don't watch Florida State. They are ridiculously sorry. <laughs> so here's our wellness check. Does everybody have their wellness check sheet? And we're just going to go through this. Oh, she's been up there a long time, and I'm not tired yet. I'm just at the end. Just at the end. I'll close that. So it says here, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 in the King James Version. It says, furthermore. Hmm. So that means that Paul's letter is just a continuing living. You know, you see those chapters, but don't read it like that. So I would, I would just encourage you to read the book of 1 Thessalonians. Well, read both books. They're both very short, and they're easy to read. And don't stop. Read it all the way through the way the pastor of the church would have read it, or the way Timothy probably read it when he presented it to the people. He read it all the way through. Make your soul sit there and read the Bible through and through. You're not that hungry. That's the devil. You're not that sleepy because you were just watching football. You're not that sleepy. You're bored. Uh -uh, I love the word. No, the word bores you. But do you know how you fix that boredom? You start finding enjoyment from it. You feel yourself getting bored? Read a translation you don't know. You're bored because you're helping, you helping quote it. No, get a translation you've not read before. Make yourself enjoy it. All right? So furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. He wants you to increase in this life. Now, I read it that way, and, and several of the translations read it that way. But the Lord just in me said, the reason people suffer financially is because they won't live like I'm asking them to live. Do you know your little vices cost you a lot of money? Yes. The little issues cost you a lot of money? The lack of leading by the Spirit costs you a lot and you can't abound because you keep doing life the way you want to do it instead of letting God, by his Spirit, lead you. So, yeah, he wants you to abound more and more in love and in fellowship and in these exhortations, but he also wants you to abound more and more. And if you go ahead and read 1 Thessalonians, when you get to the end of chapter number 4, you'll find out that he does tell them about money. We'll hit it here, all right? So let's read this together. Number one. We're going to read together. This is our wellness checklist. Be sanctified. What does that mean? Consecrated, purified, holy, and abstain from sexual immorality. 
Christian people were to be sanctified. That's not in the title of the church. We're not a sanctified holiness church, but yes, we are because we're children of God. He said, be sanctified. Stay away from sexual immorality. Stay away from talking about it. Stop liking people's posts when you know they are in sexual immorality. They shuck it up. Don't like it. Don't like it. What, oh, Lydia's not in here. What was her favorite scripture from Bible Man? Be not partakers with them. Ephesians what? Five something. That was her favorite Bible Man scripture. Yeah. Don't like it. Well, that's my cousin, and, and she LBGTQFMNOPLYZ. You are in control of your likes. And so God is saying, oh, you like that? Because I don't like that. Oh, you like that? Mm. 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 Abstain from sexual immorality. All right? Number two. Now, all of this is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 5. I didn't make up this checklist. This is the checklist Paul sent those people in his letter. This was his wellness checklist. He said, read this to all the holy brethren there in Macedonia. Now, you need to know this. Thessalonica is the capital of Macedonia. So you know, okay, why you keep saying Macedonia and why is he saying it? That's why. So demonstrate, not, not talk about your love. Not text heart emojis. Oh, and you know, they change the colors. I don't even know what it means. But just show it. Yeah, you got to text it all the time. Just show me. Demonstrate brother love and continue to what? Increase in it. Why well, do love? Do better. It won't hurt, all right? Number three. Lead a quiet what kind of life? life? What kind of life? Quiet. quiet life. Pandemic didn't phase our household a bit. Well, we was already quiet. Let's see what quiet means. Put that up for me, media. I think I sent that to you. Quiet. G2217. What time are we going home? soon as I'm done. You don't have it? G2270, we don't have it? Okay, quiet. Hesa Shuchazo. That's, that's, that, is, that ain't how it goes, but that's how I say it. It means to keep quiet, to rest, to cease from labor. Look at this. To lead a quiet life, set of those who are not, here we go, running hither and thither, but stay at home and mind their business. To be silent, that is to say nothing holds one's peace. Live a quiet life. Live a quiet life. Stay out them streets. Ain't nothing them streets for you. Stay home. Ah, that's boring. See, there it is. You ain't got to go to everything, everybody, everything. You ain't got to be there. Come on. Caught in the crossfire, some shooting. Why are you somewhere with somebody feeling need to tote a gun? Well, you don't know who packing. Well, dog, you couldn't tell you was going to get shot over there? <laughs> you couldn't tell? You couldn't tell? Why well, just stop to get a soda? You don't stop there. That ain't a quiet place. You want a soda, go to Publix. Publix is quiet. And yes, and Wawa on the south side is surprisingly quiet. But you go to the court. Stop running hither and thither. You don't have to be everywhere. 
Christians, we're not everywhere. We're not everywhere. That's fixed marriages. Stay home. Stay your tail home. Where we going tonight? You ain't going nowhere. We staying home. We ain't got nothing to do. Talk and fold clothes together. I fold, you match socks. Find the clothes for next week. I'm tired of being home. See? There's no quietness in there. There's no quietness in there. Soon as the people keep turning the door, you ready to go. They ain't ready to go. They tired. Sit down. And it says here to mind your business. Now, that don't mean stop being nosy, but it does mean that. <laughs> Tend to your own self. But also mind your business. What is it that God told you to keep mind of? Mind to your business. You helping everybody fulfill their dream. No, fulfill ye your purpose. You know what I'm saying? Fulfill ye your purpose. You know, Pastor fell asleep on the phone with Alexa. In his sleep, he said, fulfill ye your purpose. She was like, what are you talking about? But sometimes we can get caught up into so many other things that we forget the primary things. Number one, that we're a Christian. We're a Christian. I hear Keith Sweat coming into town. Now, Keith Sweat ain't singing nothing by what I say sales need to be singing by. At all. That was from your other days. And he's singing at the Hard Rock. You know you don't need to be in there. Don't be in the hard rock. Don't be there. But how she know that? It's on the billboard right there, y'all. Don't, don't go to that. Oh, I just love good music. I recommend an album, uh, We Win, Full Gospel Holy Temple, with Apostle Herman L. Murray Sr. Powerful album. Put that on the field of the house, full clothes. Get your children ready for school. Clean out their backpacks. Vacuum. Mop. Pray. Invite some people over. Talk. Quiet lines. Say, I can do that. Now, this checklist, you're checking. You're checking. Can I lead a quiet Am I leading a quiet life? Or am I always in the streets? Am I? You just get out of the streets. And especially after 10 o'clock, ain't nothing good out there in the streets. After 10 o'clock. Mm -mm. I ain't gonna tell you what my mama used to say. Nothing open but. Seven Eleven, that's right. Walmart. Walmart used to be, but not anymore. Number four. And look, he repeats it. Lead a quiet life. But number four. Oh, I wanna hear everybody. Uh huh. Deal with what pertains to you. They ain't got nothing to do with you. You spending too much energy on that. Yeah, the world, the Lord gave me a word. He says, stop worrying about chickens. No matter God told you you was an eagle. Eagles and chickens don't play in the same yard. Yeah, they don't play in the yard. They soar. Come on here. Number five. He said that. Do you know Christians aren't dependent on anybody else? The government should not be taking care of any of us. God is our provider. Jehovah Yireh, he's our provider. We don't depend on other people. People don't get in our presence and be scared. We're going to ask for something. No, we work with our hands. We earn our living. We're industrious. 
we find a way. I don't know how I'm going to make my rent. Well, I don't see you nowhere working another job. Did you sow? What about that business the Lord told you? To All right. Number six. Do you even talk about it? Are you even cognizant that he's coming back? Are you expecting him? All right. He spends uh, the bulk of, well, all of chapter five talking about that. All right. Oh, here we go. Number seven. Now, you guys are pretty good with that in this church. But this is what we're teaching other people. If we're good, we're teaching other people. Recognize and honor your leaders. How do you recognize and honor them? According to scripture, you do what they are teaching. You do what they're doing. You don't have ratchet pastors. I'm just telling you, we ain't in no club. We ain't on no telephone. We get excited when we get a text. I make the whole room be quiet. Excuse me, hold on. I've got a text. <laughs> Thank I'm playing. Everybody got a hush because I got to read this. <laughs> it's by raining. You turn down the radio. Right. You understand. All right. Oh, number eight. We ought to be each other's favorite people. I got so much church hurt. Well, you ain't quit that job. You ain't leave that gym. They cracking on you to the personal trainers. Personal trainers can be kind You still going. He done all but called you fat. And pay him to do it. But you don't, you keep going, don't you? Coaches can cuss out our kids. I just said it. Oh, he's a good coach. You better do what he's saying. He's gonna get you there. But let me say, pull your pants up. Let me say they need a haircut. Let the teachers say they being lazy. Oh, they coming for my son. Nobody coming for your nothing. Oh, they always talking about my daughter, but the coach can't cuss them out. Embarrass them in front of the whole stadium. And we sitting there like, oh, yes. He's making me a champion. No, he's making you a cusser. Yeah, my son's in sport. His, his coach cuss. Then he got another coach that corrects the other coaches for cussing. And then he got a daddy. See, let me tell you something, parents, speak up. Amen. Jonathan was working out with the team. They go do these workouts. You know, he getting, the boy, that boy getting strong, y'all. Boy getting strong. You know what I'm saying? And, and pastor takes him, and he normally sits in the car reading and windows up, but one day he let the windows down. And um, he heard some music. Oh, it was beyond inappropriate. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was. Black people, we listen to that? We listen to that? Christian people, we listen to that? Oh, you're not going back. You're not going back. He sure did. You're not going back. You're not going back. You ain't going back. Son, you crying. You don't need to. He don't cry. He ain't crying. You're not going back. That was the initial, oh, what the what, what the, they been playing that in there? He got in trouble because you ain't say nothing. Yeah, you put the pause in, but that airpods, but that mess still come through. You know what that you catch yourself doing. I don't think he do like that. You do like that? No, he do like this. You, you see what I'm saying? You got to embarrass your kids. You, you, that's, that's one of the purposes of parents. But... What did the man of God do? He said, yeah, I'm going to pull him out. 
He's not going back. But then the pastor's heart in him said, but there are other young men who are hearing this garbage, and we paying for this? Now let me go talk to somebody. Let me go talk to somebody. And the coach, yeah, I, I didn't like it either, sir, because I, I just, uh, but I'll take care of it, sir. I'll take care of it. But as long as we sit up like it's okay. Love the kid who doesn't have anybody to speak up for them right. enough to say they don't need that. That's what we're working against. But we let the coaches, but the church can't, the, the aunties, the mama, don't say it. But we're going to live peaceably with each other. And we're going to understand that we don't disagree. What you mean we don't disagree? Because we're all talking about this, right? And when we don't like what we heard, we say, okay, God, help me because I'm seeing it in your word. And we go ahead and say, you know what? It's right. And I'm going to make myself live peaceably with the saints, all right? Number nine. Do what? Like what they post. Share what they post. Don't kiki, don't kiki, don't kiki, don't kiki. No, no, Elder Jeff told you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. The pastor's going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. No, that ain't cute. That ain't funny. That ain't nice. That ain't helping you. That ain't going to prosper you. That's dumb. And then you say, well, you don't have to say those words. Well, that's my vocabulary. If it comes, it's dumb. That, that's, no, that's dumb. That's going to get you in trouble. Well, what do you want? Oh, that's just not the most amicable decision. I ain't got time for that. Yeah, I ain't writing a paper. I'm, I'm trying to get you out the fire. I ain't writing a paper. Now, if I'm writing the paper, I'm going to pull out those SAT words. But as for the day, I'm going to use my modern colloquialisms. That's dumb. All right? Warn them, not just the pastors. It should never get this high. By the time it gets this high, that means it's real fire. It should never get this high. Why? Because we've got levels. They're your brothers and sisters. You talk to them. And you better go in there and talk to your sister and your brother because that's the last time I let them, okay, you better go talk to them. Right. I don't, I don't got to, hey, you, you better say something to them. You say something to them because that's a, the next time I bust them in their lip. You better. And then you got the flight team. Let the flight, yeah, let's go to your flight team. That's your small group that you've chosen. If you can't be vulnerable where you've chosen, choose another one. But for goodness sake, then you talk to your flight leaders. Then you come to your pastors. Right? That's how Moses had it. Jethro told Moses, get you some people around you, right? But we ought to be warning each other before it gets that bad. We see it, be, we see it in its genesis. Right. We see it when it's still in seed form. Why? Because it, all it did was come out of their mouth. They haven't done it yet. Right. But if we just kick in and we liked it and we liked it, oh, why you wearing, oh, that, that's cute, boo. No, that ain't cute. When the holiness don't wear that. Right. Oh, you meddling. No, I'm trying to keep you out of hell. Well, it's just clothes. No, you put on clothes, you put on the wig, you act like what you just dressed like. You act like it. You see what I'm saying? You put on sneakers and joggers, you're not the prettiest person. You do things you wouldn't normally do. If I'm dressed up in a dress, I'm not going up on a ladder. But if I got on joggers and sneakers, I see a light out, I'm, I'm prone to get a ladder and then 
I used to. Well, you're not going to let me do that anymore, but I've been prone to it. Because I don't, I just, you know. You act according to how you are dressed, all right? Let's keep going. Number 10. People are getting faint in the way comfort them. Yeah, there's a time to correct and there's a time to comfort. You'll know the difference, all right? Number 11. I don't hear everybody. It's too many people in here for it to sound like that. Now, see, you're being disobedient. You're weak. <laughs> I'm the only one been standing up for almost two hours. You ain't been standing. Come on. Do what? Uphold All right. Uphold them. Uphold them. People going through, uphold them. Get them through. You get them through. You sacrifice of your time. You sacrifice of your money. You sacrifice. Get them through. We'll talk about it once we get you through. But it ain't time for Bible study when them and their babies about to get evicted. We ain't got time for Bible study right now. Get them through and then teach. People hungry, they don't need to hear, oh, go be warm, be filled. The Lord confess this three times. I ain't got time for confession. It's dinner time and my children are hungry. You get them through and then you help them, all right? Uphold the week. Number 12, be patient with all. Hallelujah. Be patient. Why? Because we have the fruit of the spirit of patience working in us. We can be patient. Now, let's get this, ladies and gentlemen. Patient does not mean we do not correct. You know what I'm saying? I'm on here. Number 13. No get back. Christians, we don't do the get back. We don't clap back. We don't, we don't, whatever. Whatever. Just get on, go on about your business. And you can't say that. Go on about your business now. <laughs> Have a nice day. It's been good talking to you. That's it. That's, that's the pastor saying, okay, that's it. Yeah, he'll tell me that. Okay, we done. When they say we done, don't push. Don't push. We done. We done, all right? But you don't return evil for evil. Oh, well, he, he ain't talking to me. I ain't talking to him either. Well, now, us women, we got to, we, yeah, because you know, you know us. And it ain't just me, so don't even be doing that shit. Running to them, child ain't speaking to them. They ain't spoke to me in six years. What am I speaking today for? We can't do that. We can't do that, no. We pursue what is good. We're always looking for restoration. Amen? Amen. 14. Are you rejoicing always or half the time you're crying? Always rejoicing. Well, you don't know how bad it is. You're not going under. This St. Paul, Acts 27, caught in a storm. No loss of life. But the ship fell apart and we lost everything, but you didn't die. Rejoice that that piece of wood was able to hold you up and help you float to that island. You're good. Rejoice. Choose to rejoice, all right? 15. Pray before service if I can make it. Pray when we have women's prayer, but not the other Saturday. No. Pray without ceasing. We're always praying. We're always praying. See, that's why we have to live a quiet life, so that we can pray. See, when you're sitting home and you're being quiet, you're not just sitting home being quiet. You're interceding, right? You ain't just folding clothes and fussing, are you? Folding clothes and watching TV? No. Fold the clothes and pray. Fold, I got to fold clothes. Fold the clothes and pray. Your masters, thank you so much. Fold the clothes and pray. Wash the dishes and pray. Vacuum and pray. Clean the tub and pray. Go outside and cut the weeds and pray. You see what I'm saying? Sit down and pray. Wash the clothes and pray. 
Pray. Pray. Work and pray. You're at work and you're on a machine? Pray while you're working. Nap time, you're working with children? Pray while they're napping. Pray without ceasing. Number 16. Oh, we heard three good messages on that already. In everything, not for everything, in everything. 17. Oh, don't quench him. Let him move. Let him flow. Let him work. Don't shut him down. When he's convicting, let him, let him do it. When he's encouraging, let him do it. When he's pulling you higher, go with him. All right? Uh, number 18. No, with prophecies, we war a good warfare. But you know a person, when they, when they start questioning every prophecy that comes through, they're in a rough place. Because prophecies should be encouraging and, 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 and exciting to us, all right? Bring comfort. Number 19. Test all things and hold to what is good. You can, you can question, but test it. And then if it's good, hold on to it. Amen? Number 20. Whatever it is you can think of, if it's evil, abstain from it. If it appears evil, if people going to question you, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. If it's going to cause division, don't do it. You see what I'm saying? If it's going to mess up the witness of the church, don't do it. My goodness, just don't do it. But I have the liberty. Pastor told us, of course, all things are lawful, but not everything is expedient or not everything is helpful. Okay, yes, you can drink. But does the world understand sipping saints? Are we trying to win the world? Yes. 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 I'm saved. Now what? This is the thing. These are the things we should be doing. These are the things. When I see nothing to hear about going to church, it's in there. When he told them to comfort the feeble-hearted, to hold up those who are weak. When he told Timothy to go and read this epistle to all the, he wasn't reading to everybody. He wasn't knocking on people's doors. Hey, hey, hi, I'm here to read the epistle to you today. I got an epistle from Paul, and I'd like to read it to you today. No, they were in church because that's what Christians do. All right? Last reading. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Thessalonians 2.15 Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Stand fast, hold the traditions that you've been taught. You know what you've been taught. You know better. Well, I don't know better. Well, then you've just been told better. Every time the man of God gets up, you're being told something, and I'm telling you it's a good way. Hold, to, hold on to it because it's all, man, coming to a head. And if we thought 2020 was something, oh, just hold on to your britches. You ain't seen it yet. Because I'm going to tell you a secret. The vaccine is not the mark of the beast, guys. It's not the mark of the beast. It's not the mark of the beast. That one's going to be something. So amen, amen. Let's stand to our feet and let's just give God Thank you enough for, for doing a wellness check to making sure we're okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My God, we've taken the assessment, Father, and, and we want to be found in you lacking nothing. We lay ourselves right now open to you, Father God.
And we're thanking you, God, that those places that we are found wanting, we are found lacking, God, we're asking by your spirit, by your word, God, to shore us up in those places. We commit ourselves to you. I'm speaking by faith, Father. For all those, I'm standing in proxy for them. We speak by faith that your way is the right way, that we are found on the highway of holiness, God. We're thanking you now that you'll never be ashamed to be called our God. God, we want to be good witnesses for you here in the earth. And God, we want to make disciples. Well, first, God, today we are just taking the time to make sure that we're good. God, we even commit ourselves now to checking on our brothers and sisters, to not just letting people be. No, God, we won't pester, but we will show our concern. And we thank you, Father God, now the same way, oh, Lord, that we will check on you're sending others to check on us that there are people in our lives that care enough about us to want to see us walk this way in victory, to want to see this ministry grow, to want to see the kingdom grow, to want to see God's disciples being made and being bought in by the world. God, we still stand as a ministry. That that day will come when we will see the entire city standing at our doors. And God, not because we sing well, not because even God, we can preach well. No, but because they want you, Father God. And we'll be able to point them to you, directly to you, Father God. We love you and we thank you so much for checking in on us. You're a good father. You're a good father. And we're loved by you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Receive our man of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.